Hello there, Kevin McCullough. You know, we passed Thanksgiving, and you know what that means if you've been listening to my shows or watching me on TV for any length of time. We're going Christmas, baby! So get used to it! Also, tonight's a very special night, because every gift that's going to be given to help liberate a slave in Sudan uh, is going to be matched by one donor who can challenge us to free up to 80 slaves tonight, and he will write a single check for all of it. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to grab your friends, maybe a cup of hot tea, cider, eggnog, under the mistletoe, <laughs> and then kick back and enjoy. We've got Christmas music in the spotlight, and we've got some great guests. And I hope you will stay with us tonight on That Kevin Show. Somewhere in the city that defines holiday magic is a man who wants a little eggnog with his mistletoe. That guy would like to carol you. Featuring the musical stylings of Mal Tunney and the Dreaming Colored Singers. And tonight, she's running for U.S. Senate in the Garden State. Christine Serrano Glassman. He wants to drill, baby, drill just to save America. Edward Kabbalah will enjoy some sketch comedy from Kim Holderness. And the original AI, Kelly Clarkson, in the holiday spotlight. Christmas time. Now live from Times Square, where we remind you to never, I repeat, never hug the Elmos. Here's that Kevin. Yeah, thanks, Dave. I think I'm going to let the singer sing this one out. T take a listen. This is cool. Absolute wow. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. Uh, that is not, if you've been normally tuning in, you would expect to see the band, uh, Dick Tunney and the Dream and Color Orchestra. Uh, that is Mel Tunney and the Dream and Color Singers doing the same theme, but doing it only with voices. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Melody. Thank you, Dick. Thank you, uh, all of the... Uh, Jamie and and Phil and Kirk and um, everybody that was involved with the production, just amazing. Thank you. Uh, and what a perfect way to set the backdrop for our Christmas holiday. If Welcome in. It's uh, that Kevin show. If you've listened to me for any length of time, if you've watched this on the weekends, you know that there is no time on the planet that I like better than the uh, Christmas holiday season. And uh, I was even... Uh, I used to have this like really staunch, strict rule, no Christmas music in the house before Thanksgiving, because Thanksgiving is kind of my favorite holiday. There's just no pressure. Uh, there's no, it's just peace. I like peace. And I hope you had a peaceful one. We did. Um, well, we did as much as an obnoxious 10-year-old can let you have when they're being obnoxious. But aside from that, we had peace. It was wonderful. Um, 
and I was a little under the weather, so we kind of like just took it easy. The lovely bride made Italian lasagna. I, I firmly believe that if you are a family that likes to eat, but someone in your group doesn't dig the turkey and the sweet potatoes, mix it up every now and then. No, no, nothing wrong with that. No, no shame in that at all. In fact, last year, we took the whole gang ice skating on Thanksgiving Day and then got Thanksgiving dinner at a restaurant. Oh, I know. It's blasphemy. I'm a terrible human being. I'm going straight to hell for that. I understand it. I get it. Um, but we had a great time. So I don't really care what you think. <laughs> that's that's the and we did this year too. Um, and she made from scratch lasagna. Everybody that at the table that wanted that loved it. And then we got some of the turkey and stuff for for the one that wanted just a little bit of the traditional Thanksgiving fare. And it worked out well. It worked out well, and it was important that it did because my bride and I had just gotten back from being in Italy with our friends at Colette Travel. Uh, they're the ones that are putting together. Uh, the uh, tour of uh, London, South, um, uh, London, Normandy, and Paris uh, to commemorate the 80th anniversary of the victory at D-Day uh, next year. But they they invited me to go on this trip and to see how they handle things. And we just had a stellar time. 20th wedding anniversary, spent it in Italy, got an extra night in Venice. We just did it upright. Um, and I couldn't be more grateful than that this woman has given me 20 years of her life. And if I live the next 20 years and prove worthy to have her company that length of time, I will be even more grateful. But a wonderful, wonderful time. But the bad side of that is we're on the Lufthansa coming back. And she she turns to me, sweetheart, thank you for a great trip to Italy. I'm so appreciative. I'm going, oh, this is beautiful. Thank you so much. She goes, I really have no idea what I'm going to do for Thanksgiving. So I said, hey. We were just in Italy. We got a whole bunch of that stuff coming. We shipped it all back. We were at this one little shop, La Cambusa, in Stresa. We go to the north of Italy, <clears throat> go to Lake Margiore, and go to the little downtown area of Stresa and find the shop La Cambusa. Y your taste buds will never want to leave. You will never want to leave. You'll want to buy everything they have and then install them as permanent fixtures in your home. It's just, it's that good. But we had that for the appetizers and such, and it was just a, it was just a really wonderful time. Um, we have a big night tonight. We've got a stellar assignment desk weekend ahead for you. I I gathered stories all week long because, as you can imagine, as we get into the holidays, some of the hard news is going to soften a little bit. You know, you've got Israel and Hamas trading prisoners now, and so like some of the harder core stuff is just going to start to lessen a little bit. Um, so I'm I'm finding a lot of very funny things. Did you see the birthday cake that Joe Biden celebrated his birthday at the White House with? Uh, I, I'm not going to show it now. I'll show it in the next hour. <clears throat> but he, I'm surprised he didn't set off the censors. Dude should not have 80 candles on a cake. It looks like a bomb's about to explode. But, you know, that's that's up to him, neither here or there. Now, this story is a particularly amusing one. Kamala Harris taking a little bit of a, <clears throat> uh, a knock for her inconsistency here because she's part of an administration that has said that going forward, gas stoves should not be included in homes. You should not be allowed to have a gas stove because it's bad for, bad for the environment. This is what they say. I don't believe it. I think gas stoves are great for the environment because if we're burning gas 
that means we're not burning wood or coal to, to, to do our cooking with, which is way better. And it's cleaner, and we, we get it out of the ground cleaner than anybody else. It's just, there's just no downside to it. Anyway, um, Crazy Uncle Joe and President Harris want to come together and get our, um, get the gas stoves out of our house. But here's the problem. For Thanksgiving, look at what, uh, look at what sweetie Kamala came up with here. That's her second gentleman. Now, that's even a weird thing. Um, that He's called the second man, the second husband, the second gentleman. I think it, he's her first husband. So it's wrong to say the second, but you can't say, so she's the second lady, you know, like the first lady, but no, she can't be the second lady because she's the, the office holder. I, it's confusing. But if I were Doug Emroff, I'd feel, uh, Emhoff, I'd, I'd feel uh, completely emasculated all the time. Here's the second gentleman. Okay. Not in that house, man. I'm, I'm the first one. <clears throat> anyway, but they pose right there in front of a gas stove. Meaning they're going to use their gas stove even after the ban. They have no plans to get rid Look, they made their turkey dinner on the gas stove. But they want you to not be allowed to use it. It's the best cooking source of energy. Get the most even cooks. You, you just eggs and steaks and everything that I like to make. You, you, you do them perfect with the gas. And they want to take them away except if it comes to them. Then they don't want to give up their very nice gas stove range that they would have to uh, <clears throat> surely be done with if it were to come about. All right, last thing here in the opening tonight. Tonight is match night for CSI. We are liberating slaves as we have been all year. We are up to 181 liberated of the 192 that we are hoping for. And tonight through Tuesday midnight, there is a match in place, every slave you liberate, and if we can do even up to 80, a single donor to CSI will liberate the same amount with one check. Will you help us? Will you stand with us? 888-342-1010, 888-342-1010, or go to bringherhome.org. Bringherhome.org, it's a perfect Christmas gift. Give a slave their freedom for life as a Christmas present. 888-342-1010, 888-342-1010, or go to bringherhome.org. I'm Kevin McCullough. I'm in the mood. I hope you are. Stay with us. Welcome back. My next guest is doing what some would say is the impossible, trying to win a Senate seat in a deeply blue state as a Republican. But she's not taking any chances along the way. In fact, she's speaking up and being bold, even in the early stages of the campaign. And it's a joy to welcome her to That Kevin Show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Christine serrano Glasner. Hello, Christine. Hello, Kevin. Thank you for having me on. Great to have you. Uh, what's the strategy for your operation? 
Well, New Jersey is a very personal state. It's a very ground game state in getting out and meeting people, speaking with people. The first thing we do here is we have to win all 21 counties. And folks, the county committee members really want to meet their candidate. And so that's critical. And that's what I've been doing for, oh gosh, since we announced, actually since before I announced. Um, I've been a part of politics here for a number of years and certainly in my county, but it's been terrific to get out and help the legislative races, which is what I put a lot of focus on initially. We had great hopes. We didn't win the seats that we wanted to, but it was really a good opportunity to help bolster Republicans and, and remind them why it's important to you know get their message out and get the vote out. So I spent a lot of time doing that. So now we're totally focused on my campaign. But fortunately, a lot of these folks know me now and I know them. So it's a great way to start. People look at the um, the whole Northeast corridor of the country and they say it's a lost cause. They have similar feelings about the uh, the, the the Western uh, coast of the country. Um, can Republicans win in a state like New Jersey? Republicans have won before. Now, we have not held this seat since 1972, but every year it's different. And this is a very different year. We started out with Bob Menendez and once again being in guided by his own party. And then he had another charge, right, for doing uh, inappropriate behavior with Egypt um, as, a, as a, an elected official. So that changes things. I think this Biden economy definitely changes things for people. And now we've got other folks that have gotten in on the race, on the Democrat side, that you know they bring their own flaws in. And once again, it just feels like more corruption in New Jersey. So I think people are waking up to that. They realize that it's a new day. They realize how this economy, the economy in New Jersey, has really been impacted by the Murphy administration. Um, everything went up this past year. We all know gas went up and groceries went up, but our electric bills went up 25%, natural gas 25%, water 5%. When you combine all of those increases, it's untenable and it's not sustainable. So people are... You know, they're struggling here in New Jersey, and I think they're saying we need something new and we need some better representation and representation that brings faith back to public service. And that's what I'm going to try to do is re restore that faith in public it, service. It certainly has been missing in recent years um, uh, across the board um, because of the uh, the left's just non-commitment to do anything that's helpful to the uh, to the voters themselves. We're speaking with Christine Serrano uh, Glasner, and she's running for Senate uh, in the state of New Jersey. And Christine, if people want to contribute to the campaign, how they get involved, I want to make sure that people have the opportunity to understand what you're doing. Yeah, people can meet me and, and see what we're all about at christine4nj.com. Okay. That's our website. You can you know, get to all of our social media pages through there. And I hope people do come and certainly sign up for our social media. I mean, that's key. We know numbers mean something. But, you know, Kevin, I also know that people are impacted by this Biden economy. Yeah. And for those that, you know, it, they really can't do it, you got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of your families first. And that's critical. I wanna, but if I you wanna... can piggyback on what you're saying there because just yesterday and i'll put this graphic up on the screen just yesterday i ran across this here's a here's an entire list of all of the things that people were buying this year for thanksgiving and you see the things itemized there and this is from the white house's social media instagram account 
and look at what the audacity they have to say that each one of these things is lower in price. Now, let me pull up another graphic. This is the graphic of the comments underneath. Now, Instagram is not a particularly conservative hangout. This is not a place where, you know, the right wingers go to, um, you know, uh, chat amongst themselves. Look at this comment after comment after comment. The, uh, the reaction is, are you nuts? Are you lying? What is the deal here? How, how dare you say this? And Christine, that's what I'm sensing that the voters feel in many aspects as it relates particularly to the economy. And I've talked a lot about the need for energy independence. Energy independence starts to solve a lot of other problems from national security to keeping our enemies in check to uh, dropping the price of goods at the store. But this has been an administration, to your point, that has had a deaf ear to anything resembling um, a willingness to look at what some of the actual problems are. This is the problem with Washington. People go down there and they live in the bubble, they live in the swamp, and they forget about the people back home. They forget about the policies that they are passing and how that impacts people, which is why I say policy over people, which is why I say, if you have this job, and that's another big part of the problem, they take the US Senate and they treat it like it's some kind of uh, popularity game. It's, you know, people have become celebrities. It's all about what you can do to maximize your social media numbers or getting on TV. And we see that now, even with some of our congressional members, these are jobs. This is public service. And we need to have somebody who goes down to Washington, works their tail off, understands the system, but then comes back to New Jersey and listens to the people here yeah. and listens to listen to exactly what it is that's impacting them, which is why we need a hardworking person that's going to really take care of everybody and, now this and isn't, their needs. Uh, this isn't entirely foreign to you. As you may mention, you've been in the political arena for a while. In fact, you're a successful uh, mayor uh, in New Jersey. What's the similarities that you think a skill set of being a chief executive can help you bring to a United States Senate position? Well, you know, I have had a varied career throughout my life, Kevin. One of the reasons why I really understand how people feel and, and what it takes to work hard, the first um, career I had for almost 20 years, I was a chef. And I can tell you, being a chef, you work very, very hard. The number one thing you learn in the restaurant business is communication, which is critical because restaurants are only successful if they are communicating in the back of the house, but also communicating with their customers, what they want, what they need, and what the restaurant can supply. From there, I went into government. I worked in state government. I worked my way up to the executive level. I was then the regional advocate for the Small Business Administration. It was after that that my family moved back to my hometown so that we could raise our girls out in a more uh, country-like setting and you know, I became involved in my town as so many people do. I volunteered, I sat on committees, I was a Girl Scout leader, and then I was on council and mayor. We're gonna take a quick break uh, and we're, we're talking with the woman who would like to win the vote for US Senate in the state of New Jersey. And uh, we're, I'm hoping that you will jump on board, contribute to her campaign and um, help get her message out. If you, if you like what you're hearing uh, and if you want the type of government that does its uh, original intention, which is to serve the people, then you've got to take a look at uh, Christine's campaign. We're coming right back on That Kevin Show, live from Times Square, don't go away. Christmas time, here we go. That Kevin Show.
from New York. That Kevin. Kevin McCullough. And we're back. Christine Serrano-Glasner is my guest, and we're grateful to have her with us. Uh, and Christine, um, there have been quite a few Republicans that have taken a stab at trying to win the Senate seat uh, in your state the last few go-arounds. Uh, you're going to have to play hardball. Uh, the, the the establishment that you're playing against in the Garden State is not kind, and they don't even usually follow the rules. And you're, you're bringing attention to a little bit of how that mentality has already snuck into your race. Tell my Tell my folks what happened. Well, very quickly. So recently, the governor's wife, and it had been rumored for a while, actually, he had been calling, the governor, Murphy, had been calling on Menendez to step down. And I kept saying, no, I mean, he's entitled to due process. And if he steps down, all of this corruption is going to be swept under the rug. Anybody who supported him, right, campaigned for him, stood by him, endorsed him, they need to wear this the same as he did because they've enabled this corruption for years. So Murphy, who had supported him, and his wife, who had donated to him after his last corruption in 2018, over $5,000, he was going to appoint her, or at least that was the rumor. And then he came out and said, no, no, I'm not going to do that. So his wife has now announced she's running for the U.S. Senate. The more the merrier, I say. The problem is, within two days, there were ads for a state program with her voice. And they and instantly we came in, out and said, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not right. You can't use the the platform of Trenton, the platform of the governor's office and state taxpayers dollars to promote yourself once you're a candidate. And so they took those ads down, which was the right thing to do, except the next thing they did was she was appearing at an event, speaking at an event for the same exact um, cause. And it's an important cause, but really that's not the point. Since then, a group of Democrats, their own people have come out, about 30 people with, a, with 30 people with an open letter saying, you know, this is just another form of corruption and it needs to stop. They can't this help themselves. This is New Jersey. They're, they're, they they're so used to it. And they they're so uh, dumb, uh, numbed by the idea that it's that it could be possibly happen and be called for, be called on. Um, I, I'm sure that you're you're giving them nightmares, Christine. I don't know if I am. What I did hear a rumor of, because there's another guy that's in the race, a congressman from South Jersey, and, and and somebody told me that they were actually sending out our press release about Tammy Murphy, and I thought. Isn't that interesting that they don't even have the guts to bring this up themselves? Hmm. I mean, New Jersey is a very tough state, and I am completely prepared. We're prepared for people to attack. It's just the way it is here. I'm tougher than most people realize, and I'm going to be fighting the whole way because I'm not fighting for me. I'm fighting for New Jersey, and I'm fighting for this country. People have to remember that these Senate seats are precious. This potentially could be the 51st vote. And we need everybody to realize that even if you're another in another state, supporting this campaign means potentially taking the majority. Yep. I am going to be New Jersey senator, but I'm going to be every state senator, assuming that I get in there. And that's why I'm looking for people to wake up, pay attention, share our social media, do whatever you can. I said before, you know, not everybody can afford to donate right now. But there are things you can do. You can certainly promote the campaign and share it if you can afford to donate. Clearly, that's what we all need because it's easy in a blue state 
for Democrats to raise money. Not so easy for a Republican who's trying to, you know, defend the rights of people and restore faith in public service. That's my goal. So I, I, you know, we're happy to get support wherever we can and happy to keep on fighting. Well, and um, I, I hope that that focus stays on your Senate race. It's hard to not feel some degree of uh, concern when you see the former governor running for president and not for really any constructive purposes, but just to kind of make a, a monkey of the process uh, to extend his name a little further. And I'm, I'm very concerned that on races like yours that are so important, in New Jersey, that some of that nonsense uh, just impacts voters into apathy. And I don't want that to happen. I want people to be motivated and charged to go to the polls. We've got some uh, list of crises that need to be addressed from um, energy production to uh, the the education of our kids and the economy as a whole. We, we are struggling on every front. And it's going to take people that are willing to fight and fight hard. Uh, Christine Serrano-Glasner, uh, best wishes to you as you do exactly that. Again, give your website so that people can be in touch and, and give a gift to your campaign if they'd like. Our website is christine4nj.com. Come visit us. You can learn more about the campaign right there. Christine, thanks for taking some time for us tonight. Thank you, Kevin. Kevin McCullough coming right back from Times Square. Uh, also, the new music spotlight later this hour. Don't change that dial. Christmas time. Here we go. That Kevin show. All right, and welcome in. So glad to have you with us on this very special Saturday. I know that the weekend between Thanksgiving and December is always uh, very busy. And so for those of you that have taken time to be with us tonight, I'm especially grateful for you. Uh, and I want to I wanna emphasize, reemphasize something that I brought up in the monologue tonight, which is that we are doing something extraordinary this year, and you have been a big part of it. Uh, we have attempted... Uh, this year to help secure the release of 192 slaves, hostages, captives, if you will, that are being held in northern Sudan by, well, people that believe the same thing that uh, Hamas does. Uh, radical Islamic jihadists that were fighting a war with the uh, south of Sudan uh, a few years ago took women and children as their hostages, as their slaves, as their human chattel, if you will. And they <clears throat> secured them and took them back to their homes and have made them uh, work for them as um, indentured labor. Uh, but beyond that, they've abused these people. They've hurt them in so many different ways. And uh, Christian Solidarity International and yours truly, Kevin McCullough, have been working together for, I don't know, a little more than a dozen years. And in that length of time, with your help, we have all worked together to help secure the release of over 4,000 human beings. And this year, the list of uh, names of people that we knew that we could help came to about 192. And uh, as I made mention in the first segment tonight, I am so thrilled to be able to tell you that we have uh, released, we have secured the release of 181 of those 192. The goal was th those 192 before Christmas 
And here we are uh, just after Thanksgiving, and we are going into this uh, extremely, incredibly uh, fun season for us as as citizens in the West. Celebrate Christmas, celebrate the holidays, uh, and we are we are still about eleven people away from securing all 192 of those. Now, just to um, sweeten the deal, if you will, as to why I want you to call tonight, 888-342-1010, 888-342-1010, is because we have dubbed this match night. Every slave that gets uh, liberated tonight because of your gifts uh, is going to be matched person for person from a single donor to CSI who has uh, said that he, that they would match not only uh, the ones that we uh, liberate tonight, but uh, through Tuesday evening of this next week, Giving Tuesday. So from now through the end of Giving Tuesday, uh, if we release up to 80 additional slaves, one generous donor of CSI will match that person for person. And so I, I'm just, it's incumbent upon me to beg of you, please go to the phone and dial the number, 888-342-1010, 888 Three four two ten ten. Now, how does it work, Kev? That's mostly what people ask. Well, it's a very simple process, uh, similar to the way the Civil War had uh, in the uh, days. Uh, you had you had people that would go up into the north uh, and and scur scurry slaves from the south to the north and get them to safety. Uh, we have a similar uh, slave spotters that are basically south. Sudanese Arabs who want to have good relationships with the Christian communities around them, they have gone into the north and are finding where the slaves are at. Now, during the Civil War, at the peak, there were about 185,000 hostages being held as slaves in northern Sudan uh, during the Civil War of the north and the south in Sudan. Since that time, because the world governments, <clears throat> when they helped settle the, the peace for the war, they didn't bother to do anything for the slaves. They just, they settled the peace and then they forgot about the slaves. And because of Christian Solidarity International and you and me and others getting the word out, over the last 15 years, we, we've been able to approximately liberate 135,000-ish or so. We think there's 35 to 45,000 left that are still in captivity, including children from some of the women that were um, in slavery. But the good news is, is that we can we can cut into that number tonight, uh, and we have until the end of Tuesday to match fully an 80-slave gift. Uh, here's how much it costs to liberate one slave. $250. What does that do? It, it gives the slave everything they need following the negotiation of their freedom to start their life over again. We call it the, the bag of hope uh, around the CSI community. It's called the bag of hope. But there is so much in it that it goes far beyond just one simple bag. For instance, uh, what all is included in it? Well, you get a year's worth of sorghum grain. Now, sorghum is a very hearty grain. Uh, the people in Sudan use it. It's a common part of their diet. It's very nutritious. It's very dense uh, in terms of the nutrition that it has. So it's very good for people. But they get a year's worth of that, a year's supply of that in the bag of hope. But they also get a year's supply of seed to plant a new crop of sorghum so that they can grow it for themselves, thus extending them basically two years' worth of, of guaranteed diet and food. Now, in addition to that, there's all kinds of other things, utensils to cook with, utensils to uh, make a home with, 
uh, tarps and other things to protect against the weather. Uh, they get things like a Bible in their language. They get other things that like are like uh, fishing utensils where they can go and get uh, additional food that way. And then kind of the, the favorite of everybody is the, the kid goat. Everybody gets a kid goat when they are liberated. And these kid goats are baby goats, but they grow into uh, fully uh, goat-bearing goats where you can uh, have baby goats and then provide that as a means of kind of internal commerce for the family, for the, for the slave. But that's all included. The goat, all the utensils, all the sleeping stuff, all the cooking stuff, all of the grain, all of the seed, that's all in the bag of hope, which is supplied for $250 when you when you call right now, 888-342-1010. And if you call right now, every caller that calls, even if you can't do a full slave of 250 even if you commit to pledging to free a slave over a few months, so you're going to do $50 a month for the next five months or $125 a month for the next two months, even if you make that commitment tonight, the full amount of your gift will be matched. So if you can if you can do a if you can free a slave in in three gifts or in two gifts or in one gift and divide it up for a smaller amount that's going to count as a full slave then our matching partner will give a full slave uh liberation as as well but we can do that up to 80 and we need you to go to the phone right now cuz I would love to get as many of these matched and liberated as we possibly can. 888-342-1010. You can also go to bringherhome.org, bringherhome.org, or 888-342-1010. Call right now. It's match night. Every gift matched when you call right now. gentlemen making her debut in the spotlight here's the holiday sounds of kelly clarkson
music.